Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated in a chair, uncross your legs and place your palms open on your lap. And if you're seated Indian style, just lean back against something and just begin to breathe. Gently breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And on the exhale, just release and relax and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, just release, relax, and let go a little bit more. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, just let go of any tension you feel in your neck, your shoulders, or your body. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you think of that one thing and you fill your heart, your mind, your entire body, pure golden gratitude, on the exhale, just let go of anything that doesn't serve you well. And filling your entire being with pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, release, relax. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude through your core, through your heart, through your mind, filling your entire body with golden gratitude. On the exhale, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. So good to be here with you. I have such a special guest to share with you today for the podcast, for the Live Your Legacy podcast series. And I'm just going to go ahead and read her bio to you. And then we're going to jump into just a really, really sweet conversation. So Amanda Delwalso Cantwell is a manager on the Google for Education team. She specializes in training educators throughout the world to use technology in meaningful and powerful ways with their students. And Amanda is also a mom to three incredible boys, Jonah, Jesse, and Jacob. Since Lou Losing Jonah to an unexpected birth injury in 2008, she has become an advocate for the lost community. She established the Jonah Cantwell 
Child Life Program at George Mark House in San Leandro, California, to honor his memory. We'll give you the website to that program later. George Mark House is a pediatric hospice and respite care center, and the Child Life Program empowers families to make special memories with their children. Amanda grew up on Long Island, New York, and graduated from Boston College with a focus in psychology and international studies. She completed the Tech Business Bridge Program at Dartmouth College, as well as several professional certi certificate programs focused on social entrepreneurship. She and her husband are currently based in Princeton, New Jersey. Welcome, Amanda. So good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you know, I heard about your story um, through one of my dearest friends, TJ, who is one of the specialists that works with the kids that come through the George Mark House. And George Mark House is a really, really special place where families can go and be supported in hospice care while basically while their child is dying. And TJ told me just this incredible story about Amanda and Jonah and your husband. What's your husband's name? Tim. Tim. And just how you went about um, living with Jonah while he was dying. And so first I'd love for you to start with your story about his birth and what happened and and then we'll just we'll kind of just go from there sure and thank you again for having me i think you know these conversations can be so challenging and so beautiful all at once so i'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about him i, I love talking about jonah oh, okay. um although this is this is a trickier part so yes so jonah was my first child and the first grandbaby on both sides of one large Italian and one large Irish family. Um, so I would say that he was a, a very popular little one even before he graced this earth with his presence. Oh, wow. um, and we were, um, Tim and I were really lucky. You know, we, we were able to get pregnant fairly easily and we had a healthy looking pregnancy. Um, and we actually don't even have all of the answers um, really for anything, but certainly for what happened to Jonah. But somewhere between when we started the labor and delivery process to when he was born, he was so stressed. And uh, the medical term is, you know, lost blood and oxygen to his brain that he was effectively brain dead when he was born. And what's really hard about that situation is that we didn't actually know everything that was wrong at the beginning. We sort of, it was very obvious when he was born and not acting like a quote unquote normal baby would that something was awry, but it was actually in the NICU over the course of the longest two weeks of mine and Tim and really our whole extended family's lives that we came to understand that he wasn't going to survive. And it was um, through that process that we wound up finding out about George Mark House and a number of other things related to um, child loss, child injury, things like that. Yeah. And so you ended up going to George Mark House. How far into that process? How old was you know? Um, he was, let's see, we actually got there when he was about 14 days old or so. 
Oh, wow. um, but it was a really kind of crazy journey. Um, Jonah had two MRIs to try to sort of unearth exactly what the damage of his brain was and what his life function could be. And I remember having like an incredibly difficult meeting at the hospital. You know, the meetings at the hospital are bad when like many different specialists like sit down at a table to talk to you. Right. So even before we kind of sat down to see the results of this MRI, my mama heart was like just beating so hard and, and so worried. And I remember saying, you know, okay, I don't understand like much about the medical stuff that you guys are trying to explain to me, but can you tell me, about the best case of a child who's had something like this and they couldn't. And it was because there weren't cases where these you know, kids with, with injuries to Jones' extent had really survived. And it was in that conversation that they said, well, you know, the NICU really isn't the place for you anymore. The NICU staff was incredible. The nurses were amazing. Our doctors were so compassionate, but they're in the business of saving lives. And Jonah's life was not one that could be saved, at least not saved in the way that that, that team would conventionally do things. Um, and so they told us about George Mark House and the founder, Kathy Hull, has her own super interesting and really inspiring story about how she established this house in her brother's names. Um, but I had no idea that a pediatric hospice existed. So. Yeah. We had this meeting on Wednesday afternoon where they suggested that we looked into look into this place. And on Thursday morning, Tim and I were in the car driving the 45 minutes to George Mark House from San Francisco, where we lived at the time, out there. And I have to tell you, like, I mean, those those couple days before we were at George Mark were just so incredibly stressful as we really tried to come to terms with what had happened to Jonah and what was happening to him. It was heartbreaking. Walking, just oh, sorry. It must have just been heartbreaking. I mean, my heart just breaks for you now. Oh, thank just, you. Just hearing that, you know, like the, hey, how do you come to terms with that? I mean, right. you're probably just praying for a miracle of any kind and you know, and just, wow, I, I don't know, it, it, but, but incredible. And you got to the George Mark house. Yes. And I remember walking in there and feeling this like deep sense of home. Mm -hmm. And with that relief, because it was certainly equipped with everything that Jonah and any other kid with a complex medical condition could ever need. But it was, it was warm and light and there were pictures of kids smiling on the wall and there was an art room and there was a volunteer pushing one of the kids through the hallways while singing a song. And I was just like, when you think about the life that you want to give to your kids, there's joy and there's brightness and there's love. And that, that was so apparent when we walked in there. And I think Tim and I just looked at each other and we were like, this is the place, you know, we, we felt passionately that we wanted Jonah's life to be about the love that we had for him and not just mm -hmm. about this terrible, you know, like freakish thing that had sort of happened to him. And we knew, and we felt like that was the place where we could manifest that love that we had for him. Um, and so our new goal sort of became how quickly can we get there and how much love can we possibly 
fill this child with in the short time that we are going to be able to have him. I love that so much. And I think that was what inspired me. I want you to just share with our listeners the kinds of things that you did, which is going to make me cry just thinking about <laughs> it. I remember about it, <laughs> you know, and, and what your thought process was. And what I love so much is that you turned Jonah's life into his very short lived legacy and gave him everything you know, while having those experiences with him that you felt would be amazing memories. And again, a part of your legacy and a part of his. So mm -hmm. just walk us through like what your thought process was and what were the kinds of things that you did with Jonah in that short stay at George Mark house. Okay. I'm happy to, um, this is, this is the best part, you know, because I feel like he, so Jonah interestingly lived exactly 40 days, which the number 40 has yeah. some very interesting significance. Very, very and spiritual. A number, yes, a number of different religions. Um, but we, oh man, it was a jam-packed <laughs> 40 <laughs> days. So let's see, when we first got there, I would say we really focused on actually the meaning of Jonah's name, which is peace. We had a very different name, by the way, picked out for this beautiful boy. Um, but when we got to the NICU, we said, okay, we'll throw that one out the window. And he was just so peaceful despite this um, crazy situation. So we really focused on just trying to bond with him in a really peaceful and loving way. Um, so we woke up every morning and George Mark has this incredible hydrotherapy pool. And we would spend like an hour in the pool with him, which um, was just so relaxing, like holding him and being able to touch him and sing to him and inevitably cry. Um, and it was just such a special way to spend the morning because I could see sort of the, the stress of the day, like melt away into the water. Mm. And we were like, quite literally just like going with the waves, if you will. Um, in so the that flow. was in the flight, <laughs> exactly going with the flow, you know, um, and that became almost like a meditative practice for us every morning in the morning, we would be in this pool and it actually got to the point where we sort of got trained up enough to be able to do this with Jonah that we would be able to go in the pool independently in the afternoon. Oh, I love so, so much that was, about that. It's like a birth process for you. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. birthing the day. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for me, one of the hardest things as a mom was that I wasn't able to hold Jonah after he was born. I wasn't able to bond with him in that sort of very almost like primal way that a mom can bond with her baby afterwards and hold them and do skin to skin and all of these things. Um, and so being able to spend that morning with him in the pool, being so physically close to each other, feeling so peaceful was really healing. I felt like I got to know Jonah in a way that I, I hadn't been able to previously and, and him me. Um, I also, I mentioned in my bio, but I happen to be from Long Island, New York, water, the ocean means a lot to me. So getting to sort of be in a little bit of a space like that, that I also loved with him was, was really wonderful. Um, and and then that kind of led us to our first adventure. So I think we had been at George Mark maybe a, a week or so. And one of the staff members who came to check on us said, you know, well, what's something that you 
always thought you would want to do with him, you know, before any of this happened, like, you know, when you're sitting dreaming of what your kid's going to do. Um, and we lived in San Francisco. So, and Tim and I both like our wine. So we said, well, we'd always wanted to take him to wine country because it's beautiful and it's tranquil. And we've gone up there and had such nice memories with our own, you know, friends and family. And so we'd really want Jonah to experience that. And they said, well, why don't you go? And I looked at this person like they were crazy. Like I've just left the NICU. I am postpartum. I am, we are exhausted. And they were like, you know, this is your opportunity. And what was so special about being at a place like George Mark is that they supported us in doing that. So we, we took him to Sonoma. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, it still sounds crazy. Like I, I almost feel like I'm talking about someone else as I'm talking to you, even now, like it, it feels so, so bizarre in certain ways. Um, but we packed him up, we put him in the car and we drove the, I don't know, hour or so that it was to Sonoma. And we, took him to like all our favorite places. Um, we brought our dog Murphy, who was like Jonah's protector as we call it. And is actually must know that I'm sitting talking about him because he's sitting at my feet right now. He had this like amazing connection with Jonah. And Aww. so we just, you know, like walked the vineyards and let Jonah feel the sunlight and snuggled with him and went to dinner and had people stop us and say like, Oh, your new baby is, so beautiful Aww. which seems like such a small thing but like to such us that was thing. that was the world thing. yeah you know um and you know for tim and i as a couple to get to do something like that with our son uh despite the intense lack of sleep <laughs> was wonderful like yeah. just wonderful to get to show him and talk to him and he, you could tell in his mood and his movements that he was just sort of like taking this beautiful world in and we felt like we were you know giving him something um and then we came back and we're pretty proud of ourselves to be honest that we had you know we had a million pictures and we had memories and we just were feeling good about getting to do something for our little boy and then they asked us again you know what's what's something else that would be really meaningful for you um, we said, well, we'd, we'd always planned on baptizing him. And they said, well, why don't you baptize him? We can do it here. And again, I'm like, this is crazy. But about three days later, we had, you know, an invite out through paperless post and a date picked and someone to do this little service and music. Um, and what was sort of both beautiful and heartbreaking is that we knew that that was probably the only opportunity that some of our friends would be able to meet Jonah. So they came, I'm not, not a ton of people. We weren't totally ready to sort of like open the floodgates, but um, several of our close friends came, a few even flew in um, since they knew kind of what was going on and what this meant. And our siblings came, Tim and I each have a sibling um, of course, our parents and and we baptized him and there was music and he had a cake and it was it was the perfect day because Aww. we wanted to celebrate him. And that was that was something that let us really celebrate him. Oh, yeah, that's so beautiful. And did you take him to the beach, too? 
Did I oh, remember yes. that? That's, that's oh, yeah. probably the best part. And back to the connection <laughs> of water. So um, we did actually a couple of other, uh, we were very lucky to be in the Bay Area where beautiful trips are, are easy to do within driving distance. But yes, towards the, towards sort of the end of his life, when we knew that we didn't have a lot of time left for him, um, we took him to the beach and it was, I would say like one of the most powerful places I've ever been because we had Jonah with us and it was, it was not like beach weather, right? <laughs> Jonah was born in October. So um, it was at this point, like mid October, maybe even late October and it's cold, but the beauty of the beach, in my opinion, when it's cold out is it has that like crisp air and the sky was completely lit up with stars just mm. beautiful um and so we like stargazed with jonah for hours and hours and hours and i remember looking up and thinking we need to name a star for him oh i love so that we, we did that like the beauty of the internet right like i got online that night while not sleeping because at that point i was not really sleeping and we you know picked a star that was really meaningful for us and named it for him. Um, and so now we say that like, since the water is sort of our place and we got to take him there, um, that when we look up, we think of him, that he's washing over us in, in sort of that way. Um, and when we take our, we are very lucky now, we have two boys after, we've had two boys after Jonah carrying J names, Jesse and Jacob. And, you know, we tell them that as well when we go to the water, that that's, you know, our place. And then we took Jonah there and it's Jonah's space. And um, even my two and a half year old, the other day I asked him, who's your brother? And he told me Jacob. And then I said, and who's your other brother? And he said, Jonah, like he, he knows him from these stories and these memories, which I absolutely love. Um, so yeah, so we did this beautiful, really meaningful trip to the beach. And that was the last place that we sort of took him. Wow. And, you know, of course, like my question for you is, how has this, you know, this, I mean, I just can only imagine the impact that this has had on your relationship with your husband and your family and and just how meaningful Jonah has brought so much meaning to your lives. Is that not true? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Did he not teach you more about how to live in that short period of time than you ever had learned previously? I mean, it's incredible. Um, I, I like, I don't even have words. We call it Jonah time. Um, when, when we had him, it was really interesting. I've always loved to write, but it, this like, desire to write and share his story really overtook me. And so I spent several evenings when we had him sort of trying to recount um, in words through a blog that we shared with our friends and family, what he was teaching us. Mm. And it sort of morphed into this concept that we called Jonah time, which I would summarize as sort of just really making sure and being so um, intentional about how you're spending time and really focusing on what's important and spreading love. And as you would say, certainly not spreading, not sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Nobody um, sweats the small stuff when they're going through the big stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, and there are things people tell me now that happened. And I'm like, I was completely unaware. Like I, you know, you just have no filter for that thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. And 
honestly, like, I think it really boiled down to focusing on what was important. Like for, for Tim and I, we, we wanted to just get to love him and Mm -hmm. being aligned, I think, and that being the most important thing for us when we had him, even though we had a million questions about what had happened and this and that. And the other thing, like, we just sort of put that all aside and said, like, well, we, we know we have a short time with him. Let's make every day count was incredible. And so the lessons that come from that, the clarity that comes from that was really wonderful. Um, and I think in terms of you asked a little bit about our relationship, being able to see the strength and the resilience for lack of a better word that, that at least we got to see in each other during that time has certainly helped us through lots of other things since then. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think, you know, you've really brought to life that you have to live this moment because this moment could be all that you have. And mm-hmm. you, you and your husband and Jonah lived that and many families that go through what you went through at George Mark house, um, live that, but not all of them go through with the positive attitude that the two of you brought to the table and the sense of adventure and that, and that really the, the most beautiful thing that I've heard you say is that you just wanted to have the opportunity to love him and to show him love and to experience that love, you know, I mean, as a family. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, what really, what an incredible journey that you've been on, Amanda. And, you know, I mean, I, I often, well, it was actually my husband that said something to me a few weeks before he died. He said, he said, um, Chris, do you know what I love about the human spirit? And I said, what? And he said, <laughs> I love that there's people in this world that take their greatest tragedy and they turn it into something that gives their lives, um, greater meaning than they might've otherwise had. And I think you can be really proud of yourself that you did that and that you, and did that for not only yourselves, but you did that for Jonah and Mm -hmm. his life has so much meaning, um, as you share his story and you, you know, you share how you lived those 40 days. It's, it's really incredible. And, I mean, I really, I couldn't wait to have you on my podcast. I had to wait a little while, but I'm really glad it happened now because you're part of this Live Your Legacy um, series. And I just, I think it's just such a beautiful story. And I know that um, you have really are kind of paying it forward and helping other families go through loss. Do you want to share a little bit about what you share with them as far as maybe some tips and tools about how they move forward during their loss. And then we'll share your um, a place where people can go to read about Jonah's story and, and George Mark House and maybe even make a donation to George Mark House if you're inspired listeners, just if you're inspired, not a hard sell or ask, just if you feel inspired, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think for the what I would share is just to really take a pause, which is hard, you know, when you're facing something hard or when you're sort of just in it and your mind's in a million places um, and really think about what you want to and what you can give in that moment to whomever it might be about. And so for us, you know, I remember the first time that Jonah held my hand 
in the hospital and I talked to him and he looked at me. Um, and at that point, you know, we knew all this other stuff was going on. And I, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I want to give this kid the world, but I can't give him the world right now. So I'm, I'm going to give him love. And that was, I woke up every day thinking about how I could be my best self, my best mom, my best wife to, to, for him to know love. Um, and so maybe the answer is is different for others, but I would I would really say to just try as much as you can in the chaos of hardship to really focus on what you can give and what you feel like is really going to be the thing that when you go to sleep at night, you feel really good about doing. There's always going to be the things that you think about that you couldn't do, but what is going to give you deep meaning? Um, and for us, again, we named that concept sort of Jonah time, as in you know, what's, what's going to matter to you and how can you manifest that? How did you record your adventures? You must have an incredible scrapbook. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So my, my, one of my, my biggest prides is I like to say that Jonah was the most photographed 40 day old <laughs> that you could ever have possibly met. I was like the, the paparazzi. Um, and it's super meaningful for me. Like I, almost every day look at a picture of Jonah. I have like many favorites saved. We have um, artwork from him as well. A beautiful thing that George Mark encouraged us to do, which I would encourage others to do if, if they're sort of into the legacy building stuff is um, we did his, it took his handprints and footprints and then did some really creative, fun things with them. So I've probably said this word 20, 200 times on this podcast, but we made the word love out of his Aww. footprints oh, and his handprints. That. So like the E and the O, I'm not an artist. I can't quite describe it. It's online. Um, but now it's, it's framed and it hangs above our doorway wherever we Aww. move. We move a lot. So <laughs> um, it's sort of like a piece of him in our home always. And it, it greets you when you walk in or out of the door. So we did a lot of things like that also that are more um, tangible if you will, ways that we can carry, carry him with us. Oh, I love that so much. Can you um, share with our listeners the website and we will put it in the show notes too. So if you can't take all this down, you can go to the show notes and you'll find the website, but if you would share that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we established a, a fund for Jonah with George Markhouse that supports their, um, it's called a child life program. It's basically the program that focuses on doing all the things that, you know, I just kind of talked about doing uh, memory making for families. And so it's um, give.classy.org backslash Jonah Cantwell 18. Um, and yeah, all the, the funds go directly to supporting the George Mark house and that program and all of the incredible families that they work with. That's so beautiful. Well, do you have any, um, do you want to just say just any, anything else before we close out? I just, I want to just, again, just say thank you so much for sharing your incredible story. You are living your legacy and you have brought Jonah's legacy along to life too. And I just, I think that's so incredible. 40 days old and he's, he's just still inspiring. He's inspiring so many people. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really honored. Like I said, I, I love talking to him, uh, talking about him, well, talking to him too. Um, and I guess I would just end by saying, 
to those who are listening, maybe that, you know, you're, you're probably stronger than you know, and I'm rooting alongside you. If someone had told me that in, in some of the toughest moments of going through when we, what we were dealing with with Jonah, that we would have been able to love him as much as we did to build a legacy for him. I don't know if I would have believed them sometimes because it can just be so difficult, but we were so lucky to have people that supported us and encouraged us. And one of the the things that sometimes gets written about in grief or other tough situations is that, you know, pain and grief like this is just love that's sort of trying to find somewhere to go or can't go somewhere in the way that it, it needs to or wanted to originally. And I sort of found some comfort in that, just knowing that really in all of the difficulty was, was love trying to find its way out somewhere. So find your way, find your way to make it happen. And, um, and we're here for you. Oh, I love that so much. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know your story is going to be so inspirational and just thank you. Of course. Thank you. And for everyone listening, be sure to share this with your friends and family and come back again. Don't sweat the small stuff. Live the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author and beloved teacher, Christine Carlson. Learn more about Christine's upcoming retreats, online courses, public speaking events, and more at christinecarlson.com and don'tsweat.com.